Hey, everybody. Welcome back or welcome for the first time to the Nerd Nest podcast. I'm Bill, and today I'm joined by uh, very good friends of mine. We've got Russ from Retro Game Core. Say hello, Russ. Hey, everybody. This is Russ from Retro Game Core. And we got Richard from Fan the Deck. How's it going, man? Going well. Hey, everyone. And of course, we've got Carrie, a.k.a. The Fox on YouTube. How you doing, man? Hello, everyone. How's everything going? Everything is going great. So if you are here for the first time, this is a gaming podcast where we talk about, uh, we'll start off with the games that we've been playing. There's a good, uh, what's the, not, not, I want to say a variety. There's a good variety of games that are in the show notes today that we're going to be talking about. After that, we're going to talk about the news. And if you looked at the thumbnail over on the YouTube channel, then I'm sure that you have an idea about what it is that we're going to be talking about today. Uh, and let's get started with the games that we've been playing. Um, I wasn't going to actually check this game out. I installed it, but then I didn't end up launching it until I saw that Carrie added this to the show notes. And that's Ghostwire Tokyo, well, which I've been playing, uh, I think, is part of the PS Plus uh, thing. And so I loaded it up. But Carrie, I'm curious, what were your what are your thoughts on, on Ghostwire Tokyo? Uh, I've put it off for a long time until I saw that you were going to talk about it. So I figured I might as well be able to jump in. Um, <clears throat> I'm probably going to be super harsh on it. Uh, I hate it a lot. Um, <laughs> uh, so I'm playing it on Xbox. I have it on the Xbox Series X and I guess it defaults to the quality 30 FPS mode, but if it feels like absolute awful trash, like, I mean, moving it around just feels like you're moving a boat around. Um, and it's, it's truly terrible. So I started loading it up on PC just to like, maybe I need to play this with keyboard and mouse before I like, just want to throw my controller out the window or something. It just feels truly terrible. And then I'm going through it. And the first hour is like very, very linear quarter based. And even when you're outside, they put like this kryptonite fog all around Mm -hmm. you. So if you go into it, you start getting hurt. And I'm like, they have kryptonite fog. This is is awful. How could they do this? So you're just going down a very linear path. And I realize I'm only an hour in and that opens up, but I even heard that it's still empty afterwards. And it just in, I, I'm probably saying this from like the worst way possible, but it almost feels like an asset flip from a big Japanese game company. Like mm. it has a very, it has a very, uh, like just Japanese feel to it, but it just feels like it's just like all of these Unreal Engine asset stuff that they got from the marketplace and just plopped in. And oh. it's just, it's not, it's really, I'm, I'm not a big fan of it. I, I would, I'm want to call quits on it. I've already unsold it from Xbox Series X. I'm gonna try it on my PC to give it one last shot. The only rewarding thing, uh, redeeming thing from it is that I hear that it's a short game, so I could just kind of hate play through it for really quickly. <laughs> it's like you, it's don't, like, you don't have to do that to yourself. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's punishing himself for not going to the gym today. I've, oh, I guess I got to play Ghostwire. <laughs> oh, so, to be fair, yeah, I just want to just make sure that I give it a fair shake. I mean, the first hour on controller was terrible, and I just want to play on PC with keyboard and mouse on, but you know, with better gear and see what happens. So I'm not, I, I don't feel like my experience has been any different than yours. The only thing about it, there's two things about it that I find really intriguing. Number one is how slow the combat is. Like when you pull the trigger, you're like, you're supposed to hold the trigger almost like you're pulling back a bow drawstring. You're supposed to hold the trigger for a little bit and your character does like all this wizardy stuff uh for a second there's like green stuff flying about or whatever and then you release that after you aim at the enemy that you're trying to hit 
And I, I kind of like how slow that is because it's different than other things that I've played. The other thing that I find intriguing about the game is the story. Like, And if you've not played the game, um, very slight spoilers for the first 15 minutes of the game, but you're like riding on your bike, you get into an accident, and then there's like some smoke stuff coming off of you, and people are running away from you really scared, and you're like, what in the heck is happening? There's you got like a voice in your head talking to you who's like trying to fight you for control of your body. And somebody's trying to kidnap your sister who may or may not be dead. It's a really weird and intriguing story, which is why I'm interested. So, Russ, I'm thinking of you. Like, this sounds yeah. like right up your alley. Yeah, it's a very <laughs> intriguing story. Um, I've been playing on the PS5. I also am not super susceptible to noticing bad frame rates and that kind of thing. Like that's just never been a, an issue that I've had. So I have found it intriguing and I haven't run into the issues that you're talking about other than the kryptonite fog, which is railroading you down a path. Like even when like you're walking through a hospital, it's like hallway stairs at the top of the stairs. There's a thing blocking your way. So you can't go that way. So you got to make sure that you turn left. Like there's almost no player agency. And I'm sure that that opens up, or maybe it doesn't. Maybe it's a super linear game. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know that I have the attention span to go back to it, even though it's really short, because I did find the moment-to-moment -moment intro very interesting, but the gameplay was just kind of... I, I found the gameplay interesting, but it didn't... It, it wasn't like, ooh, I got to do more of this. It was like, hold down the button for a long time, and then hold down the other trigger to aim at somebody and let go. And I don't know that they're like, it's different, but it's not intriguing enough to me, if that makes yeah. sense. Go ahead. Yeah. The, the the only other thing that I want to mention here is that early on, because you're going through this whole tutorial section in the first chapter, is that it introduces stealth gameplay mechanics, much like The Last of Us does. We're trying to like just tiptoe around people and get behind them and then do the action to like, you know, kill them. Um it's the the problem with the stealth mechanic stuff is that if you don't really have any AI that is at least intelligent in some manner, uh, and I don't even think that The Last of Us does it perfectly, but uh, there's a very slow pace on top of an extra slower pace that you can like stealth around. So mm -hmm. it's um, yeah, gameplay wise, right now it's just it's been a slog for me, and um, I, I follow you where you're going with the story part of it, but. I can't get past just not wanting to actually interact with it at all. Yeah, I can understand that. The last thing that I'll say about it, and I'll and then we can move on to what other people have been playing, is I really like the enemy designs. They look cool as hell. Uh, so like, yeah. there's like headless schoolgirl outfits coming after <laughs> you, and like there's piles of clothes all over the floor, so you don't really like really know what's happening with those people, and like faceless dudes that are like in suits and stuff. I really like the world, but I just don't know if there's anything else there that's sub substantive enough for me to jump back into. Uh, all right. Um, Russ, you've been playing. We, we talked about Resident Evil 4 three episodes in a row now. And we yeah. were like, Russ is like, I don't know if Keep I can going. play it. I'm too scared. I'm too scared. <laughs> it's too scary. It's going to take me too long. Uh, he's playing Resident Evil 4. And everybody's like, yeah. the remake, right, Russ? 
No, so I've been playing the GameCube version. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. So I played that one way back in the day, you know, 20 years ago, but it took me like six months because it just like I would inch through that game. And so this time around, I loaded up like, you know, they have all these save games on the Internet. So you can just pull someone else's save game and load that up. And so it's somebody who's already cleared the game. So you have like unlock weapons and stuff. So it takes away a lot of that kind of fear factor for me. So, yeah, I started playing it again on my Steam Deck via emulation uh, on the GameCube. And it's it's interesting. It's not the best way to play it because that game originally was forced 16 by 9, even though most people had 4 by 3 screens. So it has forced black bars on the top and bottom. You add okay. that to the Steam Deck's bezels and a 16 by 10 aspect ratio, you're looking at a little mini version of the game that you have to play, basically. So you've got more bezels than screen at that point. But, you know, I just have a fondness for the GameCube version, so I was playing that. And I got about... Uh, I, I think I'm about halfway through. I got about, it's about to get Ashley back. So that's like halfway through the castle, basically. And then when going through a door, the GameCube emulator would just crash. And I couldn't figure out how to fix that at all. And I tried different things, you know, loading the PAL ROM or different save states and stuff. None of it worked. And so I said, screw it. I'm going to move over to the Steam version. And so I started playing up the Resident Evil 4 Steam version. Again, the original one. So it's like the... 2014 release or whatever and that's been great you know 60 frames per second and the full screen and all that and i learned a, a cool hacking thing and how to load somebody else's save game from a steam account as well so i figured out you have to go in and take a save <laughs> file and then change the hex basically to change out and put your own steam id in there and then you can load it up i think people nice. do this for mods and like maybe for like cheating achievements or whatever but i just needed like better guns and so i started out the game with like the tommy gum and I ran back all the way through where I was at on the GameCube, you know, starting from the beginning again. I did it in like 90 minutes, which is pretty fast for me. I'm just running through, shooting the guys as fast as I can. And uh, it was great. You know, that's a, like $5 game nowadays. You know, you can find that on basically every Steam sale. And I'm having a, a great time playing that old game. And I think when I'm done with it, I will be ready for the remake. So it's been a fun adventure, you know, one trying to play it on GameCube, but then also like figuring out how to get other people's saves loaded on Steam. And uh, yeah, it's a great Steam Deck game. That's awesome. Uh, I never played the original, so I don't have anything to compare it to, but I absolutely love, uh, I absolutely love the, um, the, the remake. I think it's fantastic. And I, I, yeah. last week I said I was almost done. I haven't played it at all this week. And I, I played very little video games this week because I was just so busy. Uh, we went, we were on vacation, so we went to I, like movies and concerts and, and everything. It was absolutely bananas. Uh, anybody else uh, play any ga old GameCube games? <laughs> no, no. I, I, I played an old uh, old ish game. It's a new game. It. it feels old, right? So I played Supplice. Um, I, I also didn't have too much time to play this week, but I got into sort of the first two levels of Supplice. So this is another boomer shooter. It's based on the GZ Doom engine. It's basically like a total conversion of Doom at this point. Um, and yeah, that drill is awesome. So this is a good place to talk about it. So the drill is basically the chainsaw from Doom, but mm -hmm. every weapon has like an alt fire. And so the the drill has a shockwave alt fire. So it just sends out like one big bubble. And so it's kind of good for crowd control. So even if you start the level with just the drill, you can still kind of get around, right? And get yourself to some new weapons, which, yeah, everything has an alt fire. So there's uh, a little bit blasphemy, right? The the assault rifle has like a aim down sights uh, alt fire, which you wouldn't <laughs> expect for a Doom game. But it yeah. works out well. It's not something that like 
uh, you're going to use a lot. It's kind of balanced well because uh, it's not good for crowd control, right? Because you're going to be zoomed in and that means you're not going to be able to see in your periphery. So people that are coming, enemies that are coming close, you're not going to be able to get them. Um, but yeah, this game is awesome. The levels are really chunky, really long. So I, I could spend so far on the first two levels, I spent like 30 minutes. 30 to 40 minutes for each one of those. And I'm on the normal difficulty. It's a little like on the tougher side. So yeah, this is something that it's in early access now. This is just the first episode, but even at that with the price that it is now, I think it's $12.99. You'll still get a good amount of game out of it. I'd say. I I don't know the name of the game. It's, it's a boomer shooter. I've been playing it on, um, on my Xbox and it's part of game pass. And, uh, it's re what was it? Proteus? Yes, that's exactly it. That's uh, Proteus one. is really, really good. Uh, so, Carrie, have you been playing that one? I have, yeah. I played a bit of Proteus. <clears throat> the whole like new resurgence of boomer shooters and stuff, I look at them and I'm just like, oh, man, it looks so fun. And then I don't really play them. I did uh, pick up Proteus and played through the first level uh, and really enjoyed it. Um, but most of the time when I'm playing Proteus, I was like kind of like trying to um, get better with gyro shooting, using gyro to aim and stuff. So mm-hmm. that's what I was uh, using uh, Proteus like as like a demo test bed for and just kind of like tweaking stuff on Steam Deck, but then also on other handouts, trying to force myself to using gyro because everyone that I, you know, you see people that are just like epically good with uh, gyro controls <laughs> and you're like, yeah. I know I can wrap my head around how, how this is so much better, but it's just like, I need to like, just, there's some part of my brain that just when I'm moving around, it's almost like rubbing my belly and tapping the top of my head at the same time. I'm like trying to use the analog stick and I was like, why isn't my brain working? Um, <laughs> so that's, that's generally what, how I played Proteus was with gyro. And I figured out a way that I, I liked it. Um, but yeah, super big fan of the resurgence of boomer shooters. And um, the only one that I saw from supplies that I saw from the trailer, got dual, uh, dual wielding in, in one part of it. Yeah. Um, that looked pretty sweet. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Uh, one thing I will say about Proteus is I really like the, uh, the the ability for you to decide if you want to have it sprite-based or 3D-based. You can go into the settings and you could say, I want the enemies to be sprites like the OG Doom. Um, yeah. Or you can have, the, uh, have them be um, uh, like actual in 3D. I, I think it's, it's really, really good. Um, oh, Carrie, oh, go oh. ahead. I was just going to say a lot of people have called Proteus like the Doom 3 we never got, right? So mm. if if you if you like Doom 1, Doom 2 and just want to see what Doom would be like if it was kind of made in that same vein but years later, Proteus is definitely one to look at. Uh this was a late addition to the show notes, but Carrie, you said like this game just came out today. Uh it's Minecraft Legends. It's definitely a game that I'm interested in trying out and it's it, it's been getting pretty good uh uh, good feedback. Eventually, uh, not event, uh, right now. Uh, you said you played it. What What'd you think of it so far? So I played through the first two chapters. So the the tutorial goes through super quick, and it's like really basic, which I was really happy with. And that they just like, even though they force you through a tutorial, it's really really rapid with how they do it. And then the second level really is just like an extended tutorial where they kind of like highlight some stuff, but they give you more free action. It is uh, very RTS-like. The only thing that I wish that they included at the current moment that I would really love, and one thing that, I don't know, maybe it's just how my brain works, but when I see like a a, a progress bar, like 
you know, like in Command and Conquer and stuff, when you're you're destroying a base and you can see its health just like slowly going down. There's mm-hmm. something that I find oddly satisfying about getting closer and closer and like just getting troops to come in and, and kill a base. They don't have that in Minecraft Legends. Instead, you just visually see it like cracking more, much like how Minecraft works. Like when you're hitting something, like hitting oh, a block, okay. you can see it like cracking, but it takes so long to do it. So you're like, all right, well, I see it changed a little bit is that the first stage like oh no that looks like it's a little bit more cracked oh no it's a little bit more cracked but it takes like a minute and a half to like destroy a building so i have like no i have like no real perception of time with what my units are doing um but there's a versus mode and there's a part of me that i i want to go through the campaign first and just play through it but there is a very minecraft rts like part of it and like setting up different like you start in the beginning, you don't you don't have everything, so you can just set up arch, uh, archer towers and stuff. To right now, I'm only facing against piglins. I don't know what a piglin is, but it's the, an enemy in this game, uh, and they just like spawn randomly. And I just I don't know. It's it's a lot of fun, and it's um it's an interesting take on RTS because you are you yourself are basically the mouse cursor. So normally in like an RTS, you'd be just like mousing around and doing stuff and getting units and stuff. But because you are effectively the mouse cursor, you can only do things based on where you are. So, like, when you get your units, you have to, like, pretty much go to them and, like, form them up almost like Pikmin style. So, like, just blow your whistle and, like, they all kind of gather around you. Oh, okay. And then you can either – they'll follow you, but then you can kind of direct them relatively far off. And then they can kind of go in that direction and we'll have auto actions based on what it is. Um, So – I'm really digging it. I like it a lot. I can see where some parts. I just if the things just had like a, a health meter, that would be like a big help for me. Like that would be just something that I would immensely appreciate. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm enjoying it. I'm looking forward to like playing with buddies through the campaign and also trying out versus mode uh, and just you know see how that works out. But yeah, I'm um, I'm pretty intrigued so far. I think the the reviews are are fine. Like a lot of the reviews that came out last week or a few days ago. It was like mid, right? Like it was like, oh, I didn't seventies. Yeah, it's like every one that I saw, every review, I didn't see anything bad, and I didn't see anything great. All I saw was like seventies and eighties, which is fine. But like you know, when people are like, oh, this is you know, there's there's a lot of pressure on Microsoft to have like these really knockout releases because they've been dry for so long. So when people see these things, it's just like uh, the the response to this is that if you take a look at the response on like Twitter and and like. Discord and forums and stuff, everyone, most of the stuff that I've been seeing is like it's, they were uh, disappointed. There was a lot of mm. disappointment. But playing through the game, I think that the review scores are fine, um, but I'm, I'm having a lot of fun with it. So I'm actually enjoying it. This is a topic I think I'd really like to for us to tackle in a future episode when we've had more time to really think about it. But, you know, whether or not numbered review scores are a benefit or a detriment to the industry as a whole. Uh, I've talked about it a bunch of times, but maybe maybe in a future episode. But, uh, Carrie, I did miss, did you say that you're playing it on uh, controller or on mouse? Uh, right now I'm playing on mouse and keyboard. Uh, though, oh, okay. it, it, uh, using the mouse, uh, it very much feels like it's controller-based. Like, okay. I have to, like, really, like, pick up and move the mouse a bunch mm, to, like, look around. Uh yeah, it feels very much like a controller first game, even though I was playing on keyboard and mouse, and it's mostly fine. But uh, I think I'll probably pivot over to controller just because I feel like that's where it's at home. 
Well, I'm at home on controller, so I'll be happy to try it out on controller. I don't really like mouse and keyboard these days. Uh, but those are the games that we have been playing uh, this week. If you're watching this uh, after the fact, or if you're here in the live chat, let us know what games you guys have been playing uh, this week, because we're always on the lookout for new and awesome games. But let's move on to the news. And I, I think the biggest news this week, well, actually, I think there's a big competition for the biggest news this week. Uh, we had two things on, I can't remember what day it was. What day did the Breath of the Wild in the, what date is that? Is that Thursday? Tears of the Kingdom? I don't remember. I know it was a few days ago. Okay. That's right. Yeah. I think it was on Thursday, but it wasn't just Breath of the Wild. It was Breath of the Wild in the morning. And then in the afternoon, it was Final Fantasy 16. Now, I personally know which one I'm more hyped for. Uh, and I think uh, most of us here, just based on look, looking at what people said in the show notes, that most people are probably with me on this. But um, what's the Japanese publication? F Famitsu? Famitsu. Yeah, Famitsu did like a poll. And apparently Final Fantasy 16 was more is more hotly anticipated, according to Famitsu, than Tears of the Kingdom. So... I don't know what the bigger news is this week, but I'm going to start us off with The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, the sequel to my favorite game of all time. I cannot wait to play this. We talked about the gameplay demo that E.G. Aonuma uh, showed off recently, but then Nintendo dropped their final trailer for the game. Uh, it's about four minutes long, and it shows off a lot of stuff uh, so I just want to get the panel's opinions on what did you guys think of... I have two questions. What did you think of this trailer? And secondly, do you feel like this is a better trailer than the final Breath of the Wild trailer? Uh, so those are the questions I'm asking. Uh, Rich, let's start with you, man. What, do, what did you think of this trailer? So dungeons are back, right? <laughs> it's confirmed now, right? <laughs> I don't know if it's confirmed. <laughs> no, I know, I know. It's it's the hot topic, right? Like I I can't tell if they're back or not. It seems like it's back, so I'm I'm excited. At the very least, it seems like we have some intricate indoor internal kind of topology. So I'm excited about that. And it's more than just like being indoor. There there's an environment to it, right? Like the lava, the cart cart mine mine cart thing where you're across the lava oh, and right. stuff like that that looks awesome so i'm excited about it i mean tough bar to clear right with the final breath of the wild trailer i would say yes i'm gonna say this is better um but it's it's a tough bar to clear i would say uh so uh russ what did what did you think of this uh, you never you were not a huge fan of the original breath of the wild you played it with cheats on so that your weapons wouldn't break <laughs> are you are you hyped for this or are you just like ah whatever i could just emulate the the switch version of uh or the semi version of uh breath of the wild and my weapons won't break i'm i'm fine with that what do you think so uh i was a little torn i think that i probably had a different uh experience than you guys watching the trailer for me it was more like oh who's that how would they get there? Like, why is that happening? You know what I mean? Those are the things I'm thinking as opposed to, oh, look what you can do. Like, those aren't those aren't the mechanics that I'm, like, most interested in. And so, you know, just from a settings and storyline kind of thing, it was interesting to me. I'll definitely play through it. I enjoyed Breath of the Wild in my own way. You know what I mean? I just don't think I played it the way it was intended to be played. And so maybe this is the time that I can really sit down and kind of go through Tears of the Kingdom. So we'll see. 
Uh, what about you, Carrie? Um, <clears throat> this so the, to answer both those questions. First off, I think it's it's a little bit unfair. And one of the things, so one of the things that's like totally unfair is that Zelda has so much history to it, right? That there's so much that a lot of people pull from. That even in this trailer, they do it really, really well. Like they wait until like. I don't know, halfway in or two thirds in before they start bringing in the Zelda theme music. And then it's just like, man, that, that hit real hard. Like, so I think it's just with all the music and all the different cues that you have seeing Ganon as he is in this, I appreciate a bit more uh, because that's kind of, I, I maybe more of like a traditionalist um, when it comes to Zelda stuff. So I kind of want the, 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 the cast that always returns instead of having like, you know, Ganon be whatever he was like, being infected with that 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 dark blight stuff calamity uh, yeah calamity ganon um so seeing ganon as he is uh i'm hyped for that and then there's also like you know i already played in through and really enjoyed breath of the wild so uh seeing this and just seeing stuff that i kind of wish was in the first one not really the banjo kazooie nuts and bolts part of it like i'm still like <laughs> stoked for that like I, that's mm-hmm. really cool but then that's like a very playground that's a very playgroundy area. And it's like, you know, it, there almost is no wrong answer type of thing. Like, however, someone builds something to get to the thing is fine enough. So I am kind that's an open question mark for me. Uh, but for me, I feel like this trailer, what did a good job of, Hey, you played breath of the wild and really enjoyed it. Right. Well, here's all those things that were there, but here's all this other stuff. And now I'm going to hit you with the theme music. And I was just like, Oh man, it looks so good. Um, so yeah, super, yeah, it was just had everything that I wanted out of Breath of the Wild, not including the nuts and bolts part, but yeah, I'm like super stoked for it. So for me, uh, I'm going to answer the second question first. I, there's, I, I don't know if there's any way that it could ever be as good as that, that final trailer of Breath of the Wild. I have sat down and watched that final trailer of Breath of the Wild so many times and it hits with so much emotion every single time that went like the first time that we had voice acting in a Zelda mm-hmm. game where you were like, holy cow, is that the king? Is that the Deku tree? Who the hell is talking to uh, to us there? And then he's like, you're ready to find out what happened a hundred years ago. Hold on a sec. A hundred years ago. What is happening here? That's It's such a crazy trailer. And it was gorgeous, and it was paired with the launch of the Nintendo Switch, and everybody was watching it at the same time because it was part of that that final presentation, and they said it was one more thing. Uh, so there's no way I think that it could ever compare to that. That being said, I think it's an awesome trailer, and I am with you 100%, Carrie. I'm, I'm loving that Ganondorf is back because... As cool as Calamity Ganon was, as cool as that experience of the game was, I felt like like you couldn't put your finger on who the enemy was in the original game. I still love that game, but you couldn't really put your finger on it. And I found that to be really, really strange. Now, you know, Russ, you said a second ago, you know, you're more interested in who, who is like that that lady who looks kind of like Zelda uh, at the end there? Like, and then they switch to the, the Zelda with the short hair. They, they've got the one with the darker skin and the longer hair. And she's got like more tattoos on her face. And you're like, who the heck is that? Uh, why is there 
like this this boat flying through the air that looks almost like a spirit ship. Like all of that stuff, I find really interesting. The the idea, like, who is this lady? It, for the audio listeners, I apologize, but who is this person that is on screen uh, right now? Like, they look like a dragon person. Like everybody else, you're like, oh, okay, that's a Goron. That's a whatever the fish people are called. That's a bird person. Uh, this is something we've never seen before. So who is that? And like I was watching, I think it was Zeltic do his breakdown of the trailer. And I feel like he said that this person might be the same person that was talking to Zelda that put their their hand on her shoulder at some point during it. Like I have so many questions about that. But then the mechanics, the stuff that Russ doesn't care about, the, those the mechanics of you build a cart and you're transporting people across the uh, across the landscape where where you like you tie this cart to a horse. Um, oh, there stuff. it is, right there. Um, that's so cool. Like, what kind of side quest is that that you have, or the side quest where you uh, have to build like a mine cart that has a fan on the back of it so you can race down this track and fight somebody, Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom style. Like, I have so many questions after watching this trailer. And up until this, I was just like, okay, it's more Breath of the Wild, and I'm 100% okay with that. This feels like way more than that, and I don't think people are going to be making that comparison anymore. Um, I also really like that they're showing, like, Link fighting with dudes who have, like, buckets on their heads and stuff. That's crazy <laughs> to me. <laughs> One final thought I have, too, is, you know, this is the same Hyrule, right? So the stuff that you're talking about is the way that Nintendo is bringing about like the, the discovery aspect all over again, right? So mm -hmm. even though it's the same area, they're still coming up with new ways for you to feel like you're discovering new things. And I love that. Um, but speaking of it being the same Hyrule, did you guys see that on Twitter, someone De triangulated Zelda's location because at the end yeah. of the trailer it says it says Zelda says Link come find me and they looked at the background of where Zelda is and then they triangulated where she is on the on the map of Hyrule. Oh so. my gosh, that's awesome! <laughs> that's pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's this frame right here for the audio listeners. Again, I apologize, but you can see like certain uh, things in the background, and then they brought out the map and they were like, "Circle this, circle this. This is where Zelda is." Um, <laughs> I just think that that's 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 awesome. Here, here's my next question. Like every Zelda, with very few exceptions, every Zelda has been okay. Um, we finished that last one. Uh, it's a different link. It's a different Zelda. Let's move on and you know check that stuff out. Here's my question: Do you guys think that moving forward, that the Zelda games will continue to be? sequels to this franchise like will the then then the third zelda the third new zelda game will that be a sequel to this or do they go back to that formula where they just say okay these are new characters now moving on nothing that happened before really matters uh are they going to wash their hands of that timeline russ i'm going to let you start us off so uh yeah, I, I hope that they'd try different things. That's one of my favorite things about the Zelda series is that it's like a new, you know, like Wind Waker was so innovative to me at the time, you know. Um, and I would have hated to have just like, you know, another Ocarina of Time kind of uh, game. And so because of that, yeah, I, I hope they innovate and try new things and stuff. Sure, they can always go back to it or whatever. Um, 
I, I have another like idea or thought that I was having when watching the trailer too, is like, you know, are they messing with the timeline? Like, is this the prequel, you know, to like, is this what happens like the hundred years ago kind of thing? You know what I mean? Like, that's the thing I was kind of wondering about, you know, is like, right. where is all this in the timeline? So I think there's, there is room to do some neat things because they introduced, you know, the element of time in uh, Breath of the Wild. And so, yeah, there's there's some r wiggle room to work with and stuff. But yeah, I think from an artistic standpoint, I would rather they innovate, trying new things and just completely new approaches. Uh, what do you think, uh, Carrie? Um, <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, I mean, just from the general question, I think it's um, almost maybe that they really just enjoyed the end. So I have multiple things here. Like for me, I feel like, there, it, like tinfoil hat on that the original DLCs were never actually completed um, on Breath of the Wild, and the only reason I say that is that it's it's impossible if you play it legit. You cannot get a full stamina wheel or full and full hearts at the same time. Even if you get the the DLC, you're going to have either a full missing stamina bar or you're missing a few few different hearts, which kills me from an OCD perspective. Mm -hmm. um, but. <laughs> There was just like there was just like a feeling there that there was supposed to be something a little bit more. Also, like um, uh, the choo choo jellies, I was like, how could you not have this as a crafting thing? It just like feels like it's supposed to be a crafting thing, and that's in there now. But that always felt to me like it was going to be something that was going to get added. Uh, I'm glad that they went to a bigger place with this. So it just feels like, <clears throat> I, I mean, internally look at the metrics like Breath of the Wild. When you took a look at like the sales data when Switch first came out, it had like a hundred and eight percent attach rate or something, which means that people bought more, and ha there was less Switches, and people bought more games than Switches existed, which yeah. is out you know, outrageous. Like, what game has an attach rate more than a hundred percent? And Breath of the Wild does. So when you take a look at the DLC sales, I I don't know if they've released them, but I think that when they compare those two, is that how many people bought the DLC? And they were like, you know what? Let's scrap this because no one's buying the first wave. If we're going to go three waves deep, deep, even less people are. Let's just use the engine, what we've already been doing, and pivot off of what we have. So that's just the tinfoil hat theory of mine that this is the only reason why we have Tears of the Kingdom as it is. Uh, so from that point of view, I don't think that there will be the same engine being used again. And instead, they'll pivot off and do something new like they always do. Okay. Russ, uh, any thoughts on that? I think you mean Rich. I already talked Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, I did mean Rich. Thank you. Our yeah. names. Yeah, so I think, I, I agree. I want them to move on. Um, but what I do like about this is getting a Zelda game a little bit sooner, right? So looking, thinking back to Ocarina of Time and, and uh, Majora's Mask right after that, relatively speaking, right? In Zelda time. I like yeah. being able to reuse assets and things like that. So no, I don't hope they reuse assets from Tears of the Kingdom in the next uh, Zelda game, but I hope it's like a TikTok kind of situation where they're releasing a brand new game and then the one that follows comes a little sooner. Maybe some reused assets, maybe the same Hyrule. Uh, but you know, I would like to see that sort of schedule where beginning of the console generation towards middle of the console generation, we get to see two, two Zeldas per, per console generation. Yeah, I, I don't think that it makes sense for them to reuse assets, uh, you know, doing that over and over. I think that would be a bad idea. But I would like to see, uh, moving forward, to, to get to see a, a continuation of a story and then have side Zeldas to do weird stuff with. But that being said, I can't complain about what we've had with the Zelda franchise all along. I think it's just been 
uh, fantastic. Somebody in chat is asking, what do we think of the graphics and art style? I mean, it's 2017 Switch graphics, so they're they're not great, but it's still the art style is amazing, uh, in my opinion. Do you guys feel like, boy, oh, they yeah, really I mean, should have waited? No, no. I mean, like they did a good job copying Genshin. Genshin Impact was the you know obvious first that went in Breath of the Wild copied them, and I think that they did a. This is a joke, obviously, but uh, no. Yeah. I mean, I love. Comments are going wild. Uh, no, um, I'm, uh, I've been a huge fan of it from the beginning and com- seeing what the switch is able to do with that is uh, very impressive, uh, in terms of image quality versus how much power I mean, it's a very old machine. So no, I, I love the art style. I love everything. That's one thing that is absolutely Nintendo's strengths is going to the ends of like, even just mit mapping and all the other stuff of like, well, if the characters are far away, then we're going to look at the textures from this distance. And they do right. a really good job of of like, oh, well, if that character's all the way in the distance, we don't have to do the 3D model of him. We're going to switch to the sprite-based one because he's so far away. And it, it, how they do it, you know, I've noticed it in Mario Odyssey, but Nintendo is excellent in their craft in this particular regard with um, just art direction on underpowered hardware. I don't think any other company is really doing the same thing that Nintendo doing. You look at Mario Odyssey, Luigi's Mansion, Breath of the Wild. These are all games that look stunning on the Switch. And I don't think you'd have that from any other thing. So no, art style wise, I'm I'm super happy with it. Yeah. All right, let's move on to a game that has uh, a little more in the graphics department. And uh, honestly, I was excited for this game, but after watching the Sony State of Play for Final Fantasy 16, my hype levels absolutely increased a whole bunch, which is exactly what you want from this kind of thing. You you want to. You want to find a way to bring people's hype levels wherever they are and increase them a little bit. And I feel like that's absolutely what happened for me with Final Fantasy 16's uh, state of play. They showed a, a whole bunch of gameplay. Uh, they showed the, the graphics of this game are absolutely bananas and the Art direction as well, I think, is really, really good, especially some of the monsters. Like, um, I forget what it is. It starts with an M. Do you, are you guys Final Fantasy fans? Yeah, but I don't know the names. I think it's Mor- <laughs> Morborough or something like that. They fought They fought one of those things, and I was like, oh, my God, that's gorgeous. And they, they also fought, like, this big wolf-looking thing at some point and this is a much longer video so it's harder for me to scrub through and oh there's the this is the thing right here is the i don't know what it was it's harder for me to scrub through and find it but the these things just look fantastic and i also really really like the like the gameplay mechanics where like you can see if you're watching the video you can see how you are switching between different types of materia mid combat, like uh, over in the bottom right corner of the screen, it shows like you have two red materia, two green materia, and it looks like a blue and a black. And as you use your different uh, abilities, it is switching between different types of materia. And I think that that's a really interesting uh, way to play. And you can also see like limit breaks in the top left. So I'm very, very hyped for this game, and I, I'm going to absolutely be picking this up day one. Um, what do you guys think? Who, who's 
who who just whoever wants to jump in on this, uh, jump in. What are you guys? Are you picking this game up or no? Uh, I, I guess start. I should have so, picked somebody. Uh, Russ. <laughs> yeah, no worries. Uh, so for me, you know, I, obviously retro game, core retro game. So, uh, you know, mm-hmm. I've played through like 7, 8, 9, no problem. You know, most of 10. And then like I just couldn't get into like 13 or 15. I skipped all the other ones. And so um, this one actually is a little bit more interesting to me, but I'm not thinking about it like a Final Fantasy game. I'm looking at it like, oh, this is uh, another Elden Ring that might be a little more accessible. You know, that's mm. kind of what I'm looking at. It's just a very action-oriented game, you know, something that might have a little more linear storyline, which I actually prefer. And so, um, yeah, I, I am looking forward to it. This is one where I feel like, you know, the balance between 15 and 13 and stuff, it just feel it felt like they were in a transition stage when it came to the combat and everything. I just didn't pick up on it. It didn't resonate with me. With this and thinking of it just completely like an action RPG, yeah, I'm here for it. And so I think this is definitely something I'm going to try. That's funny you say that because like last week we were talking about, um, or maybe it was maybe it was the week before, but we were talking about Final Fantasy um, VII remake, uh, not remake, mm-hmm. Rebirth, the the new one that's coming, and they said that they were possibly bringing back uh, turn based combat as an option for people. And I I feel like I remember you saying that that's the one that you prefer. So it surprises me that you're like, oh, yeah, give me this. And, and, but although you nailed it, it's not a Final Fantasy game. It, well, I get right. Final Fantasy games. Boy, it's that's going to make people mad that I said that. that it doesn't feel like a Final <laughs> Fantasy game to me because there's not like a menu that you're going through to, to do your attacks. But <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I there's a crystal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'd rather have one or the other. Right. And give me an action role playing game. Give me the turn based. When they start mixing it up together, I'm, I'm making Final Fantasy seven remake work for me. But it's because I am treating it like an action RPG. I'm not trying to do a lot of that other stuff. I, I will throw in, you know, some of that, you know, giving commands to my other characters and stuff. But I'd rather not, you know. And so in Final Fantasy seven, I have that option. And I'm hoping it will be the same with 16. What do you I think? think Elder? Go ahead. I think Elden Ring is a good pull here because one of the problems that I've had with uh, action RPGs sort of before the Soul series really is the balance of the actual like action gameplay, right? So you, you're either an action game or you're an RPG before that time. If, if you tried to be an action RPG, a lot of times the, the combat just was not satisfying. It was either not challenging enough or too challenging and just felt like you're button mashing. Um, this does feel like it it manages that balance. And I think, you know, in a post Souls world, I, I would hope that it does. Um, and I think they've been working hard toward, hard towards getting that right. And it seems like they're going to get it right this time. So I do look forward to it. I, I will say I'm going to wait until the PC port most likely. Like I, I have a PS5, but I just I have not turned it on in a while. So I'm probably going to wait for the PC port. Yeah, you know, you guys mentioned accessibility or, or, or making the not, – not necessarily accessibility, but de- like dealing with difficulty. I love what Square is doing with the difficulty modifications for this particular game where it's an in-game item where you can get an in-game item – and that in-game item will help you by increasing the window in which a good dodge is acceptable. So when I go to, if I'm wearing this ring of dodginess or whatever the heck they call it, <laughs> uh, and Russ is not wearing the ring of dodginess, when he goes to fight somebody, he gets like this many milliseconds to hit the button or he's going to get smacked in the face. But I get more milliseconds. 
and you get to decide whether or not you put that on. I think that that's a really cool way to do it. And it also doesn't feel that. like you're being punished for, mm. uh, for, you know, playing it, uh, you know, on easy mode or whatever. Although I'm sure that there'll be people who are like, Oh, you're playing on easy mode. So you're a sucker, but right. I don't, I don't really care about that. Uh, there Carrie, are snobs you, about Elden ring too. What's that? I was going to say there are Elden ring snobs too, right? Like if you're playing oh, yeah. ranged combat, you're not playing Elden ring. You're not playing it right. <laughs> So it's certainly for FF16, it'll be the same deal. There's there's snobs everywhere. Carrie, are you a Final <laughs> Fantasy snob? Um, maybe, maybe. Um, <clears throat> the last Final Fantasy that I enjoyed was Final Fantasy VI, and I loved Final. So, uh, very briefly, I my first JRPG that I I played was Chrono Trigger, and I loved Chrono Trigger. And then the next. Uh, RPG I ever played was Final Fantasy VI. And then I was like, oh man, JRPGs are just like the best games ever. And it just turned out that I just played the dream team of JRPGs. (laughs) So I set my bar so sky high that I didn't realize. But then I got Earthbound afterwards. um, And I loved Earthbound. And I was like, oh, this is still cool, but different. And I really enjoyed, like I played Earthbound back in the 90s. Like I was in, I love that game. But then when Final Fantasy VII came out, I played for maybe like 30 hours or 40 hours. And I remember I was just going through my materia and stuff. And I'm like going through it. And I'm like, what the hell am I doing? Like I, I was just in the mini map, like, you know, the, the map area where I was like, what? and I just like lost everything. And I was just like, I'm not feeling this game. I, I Final Fantasy VI, like the, even the beginning of Final Fantasy VI, the beginning of Final Fantasy VII also is really, really good. Like when that whole intro starts, both of oh, those yeah. games, they really nailed their intros. So Final Fantasy VII, I was all about, and like, I, I really loved it. But then, like, I just, I was just going through the paces, and I feel like <clears throat> Final Fantasy VI, specifically because it was like Final Fantasy VI in Japan, but Final Fantasy III here, is that this was just at the cusp of time where game developers were still making games that were properly paced, and they weren't trying to combat against renting games, and they weren't trying to combat against. Uh, used game sales at GameStop or Funko, you know, uh, Funko. Um, uh, what was the old one? There was uh, Funko Land. Funko Land, right? Yeah, Funko Land. Yeah, that was uh, a real that's one. Right, yeah. <laughs> so <clears throat> I was gonna. I was like, is that? I lost. Yeah. Anyway, so I feel like when, as we were getting into that era, there were like games that were like 140 hours of gameplay, and I was like, oh, that's amazing. But then it just turned out that you were just going to be like wasting your time for a while. And I feel like Final Fantasy VII was one of the first games that started like really breaking me down in terms of just padding the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know a lot of people love it. And I love Final Fantasy VII from the beginning as well, just because of FF6 just carrying me over. Um, so from that point of view, I am more of a traditionalist where I want that type of stuff. So seeing this, I think it looks great. I think Final Fantasy XVI looks great. I wouldn't say it's a Final Fantasy game. Uh, but I wouldn't at this point, I don't consider myself a Final Fantasy fan or like because I stopped playing after FF7. So when I see this, I was like, oh, it looks good. And then I hear other people like, oh, it looks like a PS3 game. I'm like, ah, uh, <laughs> it looks a little bit better than a PS3 game. Uh, <laughs> need but, to go back and play PS3. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's um, I feel like when I see those comments and juxtapose like how I feel about it, like kind of out of that whole world, I feel like it's a really tricky thing where they're trying to make it uh, accessible to a bigger audience and they're kind of losing their original audience. And for me, like I loved Octopath Traveler, Octopath Traveler two was even better. And that is very like HD JRPG. Like I like that so much more. And I was like, 
I enjoyed that more. So I don't know how I'm going to feel about Final Fantasy 16, but like Rich, I am going to wait for the PC port and probably even longer because it's probably going to come to uh, you know Epic Game Store first, and I'll just wait for it to come out on Steam. Uh, so I'll just just continue waiting. Um, There's so many I'm games doing. out that if you decide not to play something, I don't feel like you're really missing out these days. Like there are so many games on every different platform that there's no way that we can ever get to all of them. So I never feel bad about missing out on a really cool game. I just say, all right, well, whatever, I'll just play this other thing and I'm fine. Uh, But, you know, the question is for all of you, do you think that Final Fantasy 16 feels like a Final Fantasy game, and are you going to be picking it up, or are you going to be waiting for the the Steam version? Let us know in the comment section down below. All right, uh, this is a, a a whole bunch of controversy for our next topic. Uh, a lot of people have been talking about this a lot, and that is Redfall. Uh, there was this announcement made by uh, the the team that's making the game, uh, and the the announcement reads this. Redfall is launching on Xbox consoles with quality mode only. Uh, If you're playing on the Xbox Series X, that is 4K, 30 frames per second. If you're playing on the Xbox Series S, 1440p, 30 frames per second. 60 frames per second performance mode will be added via a game update at a later date. Now, uh, there was a lot of people who uh, were like super upset about this, and I can understand why. In my opinion, and this is just me, and then the panel can obviously jump in. I don't care that it's 4K 30, and I don't care that it's 1440p 30. But the fact that they're going to say we're going to update the performance mode to a later date where they're running at, we'll say, 1440p 60 on the Xbox Series X or maybe 1080 60 on the Xbox Series S like why even release it at this point and i i listen i you guys have heard me say a million times i am not a snob when it comes to frame rates they really don't affect me as long as it is is it is as long as it is that's a hard sentence to say a stable <laughs> frame rate where i'm not having huge jumps and dips uh, then it's generally a good experience so with redfall launching without an option to have 60 frames per second, do you guys think that they should just delay the game or are people just being too caught up in making sure that this number is higher than that number? Uh, Russ, you want to start us off with that? Yeah, I think from a business perspective, I think they're probably, you know, weighing different options. And one is delaying the game, you know, maybe yet again, I'm not, I haven't really been following this game. It looks like it's destiny with vampires, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, like I, I'm not really sure uh, if it's just a matter of like, they got to get it out in order to start making a profit or what. Um, yeah, I, I honestly, I really liked the days back in the old Xbox 360 days where there would be a new update and all of a sudden your games looked better. Like they were like, oh yeah, now we can play games in you know 720p, 1080p. And they like st- they kept improving the Xbox experience as it went along. I liked that, you know, and also makes me think of No Man's Sky where it was a game where initially it wasn't great, but then at some point people were like, yeah, now it's good. And maybe they're kind of going for that model where they're like, give us time, you know, we'll make it better. But at the same time, you know, I'm thinking about games like Anthem where that never happened. And so, 
Yeah, I'm not. I'm not really sure. For me, 30 frames per second is fine on a console experience. You know, uh, although I probably would just wait anyway. If I was interested in this game, I would just wait for 60 frames so I have the option. Do you, Do you feel like it changes your mind at all? The fact that all of the all of the gameplay that we have seen previously uh, or previous to that announcement was all 60 frames per second gameplay. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm, maybe I'm just a little bit lighter on, you know, development teams where I'm like, oh, they, mm-hmm. they're doing the best they can, you know, just because it's not working out the way we want doesn't mean that it's, uh, that their work is invalid. And so for me, yeah, I mean, I appreciate the fact that they're still working at it, but I don't, I don't find it to be deceptive or anything. They're just doing the best they can. Gary, what do you yeah, think? I, Rich can go first. Okay, go ahead, Rich. <laughs> Sorry. I, have, I, I hold sort of two opposing positions on this. Um, so the first, uh, firstly, I agree with Russ in terms of like understanding where developers are coming from. And just before anything else, no one should be harassing developers. I don't know if that happened in this case, but that just, you know, has been a constant in, in the last yeah, few years. Right. So just want to bring that up. So the two opposing positions are sort of my console oriented position and my PC oriented position. And so from a console perspective, I'm thinking, I'm also thinking about this from, from the putting myself in the shoes of a developer. So imagine that, yeah, I use these 60 FPS footage. It was running well. We were on sort of plan. Not that it was running well, but we were on plan for what we were planning on do. And then at some point, for some reason, because they've had to have tested this before, right? So at some point, for some reason, 30 FPS seems to be working. 60 FPS is not. Either it's stuttering or we're not reaching. It's it's too much variance. For some reason, it's not working. Is that delay the game for a console? I'm not. I'm not sure that's a reason to delay a game. On the other hand, for a PC, what you're expecting is you're expecting your experience to scale well. You're experience. You're expecting that. I can play this on a laptop and I can play this at, you know, maybe 900p resolution at 30 FPS, but also I can play this at 4K at 60, depending on what sort of setup I have. So that calculus on whether or not to delay a game is a little bit different when you're expecting that your experience should scale across different hardware versus a console, I think, where it's 30 FPS, it works, it just doesn't seem to work at 60 fps for some reason we're going to figure it out it's just we may not figure it out by day zero yeah that, that i mean you you definitely bring up a good point the fact that this is a game that's coming out on console and i think it's coming out on console and pc i i was interested in the console version myself um because of game pass uh but honestly like that makes sense like delaying the pc version of the game because the console version of the game can't hit its you know, the the good frame rates or whatever. Uh, that's a really good point. I still think like the idea that they're saying the, the 60 FPS performance mode will be added later, then I don't know. I would just, if, if, if I were making the decisions, I would say delay it until later so that people will, like, because otherwise people are going to complain about this and we don't want people to complain about stuff uh, if for no other reason. What do you think about this, Carrie? Um. So I'm from the mindset that I am being empathetic to Microsoft's uh, position. And we touched based on this previously as well with uh, them being in the state they are as, you know, we're talking about the different games that they're releasing and the optics of that. So even when we talk about Minecraft Legends review scores, they're fine. But for everyone's point of view is like, this is supposed to be, this is 
Minecraft. Microsoft owns this. This should be fantastic. If it's not fantastic, this is an exclusive that's not good, and they're dry, and everything's bad. So if they were to delay this when Starfield's already been delayed and other things have been delayed, and oh, that's a good point. They, last year they said all of these games we're going to be showing are coming out within the next 12 months and starfield already got delayed and that does not apply to that statement anymore they don't there's only so many black eyes that they can take when they're already in third place so we have i can feel i feel empathy from them from that point of view the other problem is like let's be real it's coming out the day before tears of the kingdom so who cares anyway i mean you might (laughs) people are gonna might be no no i mean seriously like you, people are like, oh, it's 30 FPS. And they're like, what? Tears of the Kingdom? 30 FPS? Yeah, it runs, th- it runs great, doesn't it? <laughs> like, no one's <laughs> going to be, how many people are really going to be talking about it? So this game is almost unfortunately sandwiched between uh, the new Star Wars game and uh, Tears of the Kingdom. So where does this fit in this space? And it's hard for Microsoft because where do they put that? Because Starfield's also September and you have all these other things that they're timeline. So where do they put this? And does it really matter? Because just because it's 30 FPS doesn't mean that it necessarily feels bad. Now, Ghostwire Tokyo feels bad at 30 FPS, but that has nothing to do with it being 30 FPS. That just has to do with it just being junk on controls. Like, it's awful. Um, and that's not a fault of it 30, being 30 FPS. So, like, there's just the distinction there. Like, Breath of the Wild is 30 FPS, and I don't remember anyone talking about how bad controls were. Because they're fine. They're, they're, they work great. So, I don't see that as being... It's just that you have to develop the game in the mindset that if it's going to be there, it has to be accessible controller-wise to feel good, or even keyboard and mouse. Uh, and hopefully, they you know they did all their playtesting to make that feel well inside of that scope. So those are my feelings. Like <clears throat> it's in a bad spot, uh, sandwiched between two big games. One being just probably the game of the year. Uh, so where does that really put it in the news cycle for everyone talking about it? Are people actually going to be talking about it? When it's 30 FPS, I don't think so. I think it's going to be news for maybe a day, maybe 30 minutes, and then people are going to forget about it. The other part of the thing is how many of us are really interested in Redfall? Like, I mean, like, I, I, I mean, I mean, it's interesting. I have it on Game Pass, so I will. I have the thing of like, oh, I'll try this out because I know it's it's going to be there. But I have no real gut feeling like I got to play this day one. I don't have that feel to play Redfall day one, especially because it's it's multiplayer-ness and like getting my buddies to be amped up about yeah. it as well so that we can actually play it. So like I'm trying to think of it from like, man, if this was like Left 4 Dead, oh yeah, I'd be I'd be amped for it. But I have no idea. I don't know what it plays like and it's like going to be exploratory for me. So this is kind of in a situation where it is what it is. I don't think I personally wouldn't have delayed it either. Just put it out there because there is no right answer. Um, and that's just basically where I'm at with it. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you bring up a good, really good point about the fact that I don't think I would buy that. Like, I'm interested in the game. I'm very excited for it, but it's because I don't have to pay for it. I already paid for it with my subscription. Uh, and so, like, I, if if I didn't get this through Game Pass, I do not think that I would take a chance and pay money for it. But I'm still excited yeah. for it. And so I hadn't really thought about that. Like, there's going to be a lot of people who would have passed on this game, but they don't have to pass on it because it's just part of their subscription. And so they're going to they're gonna play it, and 30 frames per second might be okay. Or it might not. I know a lot of people are like, it has to be 60 frames per second or it's an unplayable mess. And that's a ridiculous thing to say. Because for the most part, shooters have not been 60 frames per second 
on console. That's that's like more of a new thing. Uh, but anyway, it that leaves it up to you, to to all of you. What do you guys think about this? Are you interested in uh, Redfall at 30 frames per second, or are you only interested in it at 60 frames per second, or are you not interested in it at all? Because I I forgot that it comes out the day before Breath or Tears of the Kingdom. What a terrible, <laughs> terrible move. Uh, that that has to be delayed right there just for that because otherwise, well, nobody's paying for it anyway. It's all part of the subscription. Let us know what you guys think in the comments down below. All right. Well, we've been going for almost an hour now, and when I've sent the show notes and the thumbnail, uh, Carrie said to our little Discord uh, meeting, he said, I like your optimism, Bill. We're not getting through all this stuff, and we absolutely we did not. So there's stuff that we're going to have to – maybe talk about next week uh but hey if you guys have ideas for things that you want us to talk about make sure that you uh let us know in the comment section of the show if you are enjoying the show make sure that you share it with people and tell people hey this is a new podcast that uh, i think you guys might enjoy and uh, i want to say thank you to everybody for coming on the show and hanging out with me uh richard real quick tell us about your latest video yeah, so my latest video is called "Time to Admit What the Steam Deck Really Is." It's it's it's. I also call it my worst take ever. So That's I the best we thumbnail talk- ever. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah, it's Gabe as Mister Monopoly. So I talk about um, my. I do a lot of theory crafting as to like how I think Valve can get to a place where I think they currently have a monopoly on PC gaming. Like you know, point blank, um, and I think that they can extend that monopoly. I think there are pros and cons with that, and there are some drawbacks. Um, so that's just something I, I sort of talk about uh, and get through. And yeah, so you can check that out on my channel. All right, Carrie, what about you, man? What's your latest video? Um, so <clears throat> I was planning on doing something uh, else, but I might have to um, make something really quick for tomorrow, which is uh, what we know so far on part two of the GPD Win Mini. There's been a new info release that I'm allowed to talk about now. So I'll be able to talk about uh, price vaguely, uh, the chipsets, multiple chipsets in use, um, the uh, updated specifications of the device itself, uh, other features that weren't talked about, but they go along to other products that GPD is releasing. Uh, And then I wanted to, I've been trying to, I've had this in the back burner for so long. I want to have a retro story time where I talk about how I got my virtual boy from Blockbuster. Um, and that's another video I want to make. Oh, that sounds really interesting. I, I love that stuff. I got a virtual boy. You guys can see it right there almost. Uh, Russ, what's your latest video? Uh, so just yesterday I released a video about a portable monitor that I found on Amazon that has a 3 by 2 aspect ratio and a high uh, resolution. And so because of that, it allows you to scale retro games really well. And so I just did like a 20-minute video demonstrating different ways you can play it. Uh, and it works really well in most use cases. And so if you wanted to play like the ultimate you know, Super Nintendo or make a little mini arcade like kind of cabinet, like this would be a perfect uh, thing. And it's like 110 bucks right now, which is crazy. So Awesome. Yeah, I, it, was a, it was a video I just pushed out real quick because i was like this is so fun i have to let people know about it awesome awesome uh so i my latest video was about proton 8 but i think almost everybody who's watching this video has already seen that one so i'm going to tell people about another video that i posted uh last week is about these glasses these are the nreal air glasses and i used them with my steam deck in order to emulate uh, a link to the uh, no, not a link to the past. What's the a link? A link between worlds. Thank between you. Worlds. A link between worlds, 
in 3D because these allow you through a firmware update to do uh, uh, actual 3D, some side-by-side 3D. So it's like you have a giant 3DS in front of you just floating in the air. And it's really, really cool. Uh, so that's the latest video that I posted. But make sure that you subscribe to all of these guys if you haven't already because their their stuff is is fantastic. Justin Miller says in chat, love Fan the Deck channel. That's good. You have good taste. Uh, <laughs> all right. So that's it for today's episode of the Nerd Nest Podcast. If you are watching this on YouTube, then make sure you subscribe to the audio show as well. And if you're listening to this in your ear holes, head on over to youtube.com slash nerdnest and subscribe there so you can be here for the live shows, which happen on Tuesday. And uh, everybody, go ahead and say goodbye while I hit this button. Bye, everyone. Peace. Bye-bye.